0: the Texans have reached out to two of his preferred teams. We'll wait to see how this plays out this season just around the corner. Another holdout Redskins president Bruce Allen said holdout left tackle Trent Williams will quote play
1: football and it will be with quote us. So we'll see whether Trent Williams suits up for the Redskins this year or
0: not. And in Major League Baseball, A's third baseman Matt Chapman is not in the athletic starting lineup on Thursday afternoon against the Royals. That's because of a bit of fogginess in his head. He left the game on Wednesday night after taking a pitch to the helmet. He is not in concussion protocol but says he's quote the The Kansas City Royals are shutting down starter Brad Keller. They'll not make another start this year. They're citing arm fatigue as a factor. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update.
2: Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 5'8", from Maryland, Greg Sussman, and your co-host, 5'9", from St. Francis, Frank Stample. Ladies and gentlemen, your are BFFs.
0: And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Also making his return, long-awaited to the BFFs. It's our buddy EY, Eric Young. What's going on, EY?
3: Long-awaited. It is weird when you're doing it constantly, uh, seeing your guys every day, talking football, how long a couple days can feel. But I'm back, and uh, and I, I was texting with you guys. We're calling this uh, Andrew Luck is not a football player victory lap episode. So
0: truly, and I want to start the show. I apologize, Frank. Hello, how are you? But I'm doing great. EY, this is your first show Since last Saturday night, where it became real and true, and I got a text from a buddy. So my immediate reaction was like, I have to text Eric Young before I text anybody. And I immediately, I was like, Andrew, I think my exact quote was, Andrew Luck is truly not a football player. And you're, you're little. I think you responded like, Holy blank. And I was just like, Yeah, you're like, not this way, man. This is not how it's supposed to happen. But it's true. Definitely not. Andrew yeah, I mean, Luck I, is not a football player. Why?
3: Not what I wanted. Uh, I I love watching Andrew Luck play football. Um, but look, I, I'm happy that he feels that he's in a position where he can make this decision for himself. And people that are booing him and saying that he's a coward are—I mean, those people should be put down. Like to be honest, it's it's insane and insulting as a human being that other people can think that way. Uh, he's made his money and he's good with ending his career where he's at. And it's his decision in the end. It has nothing to do with your stupid fantasy football team or any of your best ball drafts or any of your season tickets that you bought. If you're the Colts, Uh, you're, you're supposed to be cheering for the team, not for a single player. Um, so it's sickening, but, uh, glad that Andrew Luck can step away and under his, you know, with his own choice. Um. But look, if we're we're talking fantasy football, this is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. And listen to me. I told you guys that you can't take this man. He is not a football player. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences.
0: I'm going to listen to us after that. That was a great promo. That was like the closest
1: to a wrestling promo we've
0: ever got from EY on the show. That was incredible. That was great. (laughs) If we don't make that like... (laughs) In the in like the open of the show, I don't know what we're doing. The problem is I was clapping because I was so excited.
3: Yeah, we had to ruin the listen, moment,
0: Greg. That was awesome.
3: We're right, we're we're right sometimes, we're wrong sometimes, but look at like I, I was saying this in and I've said this with a bunch of situations. You can't listen to any NFL team for what they're telling you. They they're not in the business of telling you the truth or showing their hand. This has been the worst preseason in memory. The, every offense is vanilla. Most of the teams aren't even playing any of their starters at all, not even in the third week. So the, the truth is, is the Colts have done this before. They did it with Payton. They did it with Andrew Locke two years ago. Then they are doing it again. And everyone's telling me, oh, he's going to play. He'll be there week one. It's just a strain. It's just that the man hadn't thrown a football in real practice since May. That that should be telling you all you need to know. Even if you weren't an athlete at any point in your life, you should know that that means you're not really up to speed. You're not full go. You're not a member of the of of the team. He wasn't a football player. I kept saying it. I'm not saying I wasn't saying it to benefit me. I want Andrew Luck to play. I want the Indianapolis Colts to be good. I want uh, him to to supply us with all of the glorious fantasy points that Andrew Luck has done before. I've got him in a bunch of best ball leagues that I did that I drafted very early on. But once I, I started reading reports that he wasn't practicing, wasn't participating in any team drills, I knew that this was going to be more serious. I had no idea it was to this extent, but like I said earlier, I told you so.
0: You got it right. So I, the obvious question, and I don't want to jump off Andrew Luck, but the obvious question Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, are they football players? No. So does that mean we stay away from them as well? No, I
3: think it, it is a different situation okay. because they're not being held out because of physical. This is is strictly financial. Uh, and in the sad world that we live in and, and the, the sad system of the NFL is – this is the only way that these players are going to get paid. And 99% of the time, I'm going to side with the players. I side, I side with both of these players. They're both in the right. They're both talented. And the teams are never willingly going to give them money. They're just not in the business of doing that. They're not in the business of taking care of players. And I, I would, I would be willing to bet any amount of money. They don't care about these players. They never have, and they never will. It's a business to them strictly and foremost that's what it is it comes down to money everything in the world comes down to money and that's what these players are to these owners and these uh these gms and the people that that's their job it's not uh i don't think it's um ill-advised or it's not under any kind of guise of of uh they want them to get hurt or they don't care about them personally but they separate those things and they're never going to give these players the money they deserve They both should be making more money. Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, is the best running back in the league and should be paid as such. He's just not going to get it. Not after the the Rams paid Gurley all that money, and now he's going to uh, be limited with his touches.
1: Ey is absolutely right, and it's honestly unfortunate, Greg. And you know, I'm not going to just make this about us. You know, the fantasy owners, right? The fans of the teams, but. Let's talk about it for a second. Honestly, we're being robbed of seeing the best athletes in the world not perform at the highest level. And it sucks. But I agree with what EY said, you know, this is the only way that these guys are going to get paid. But we're going to start to see this reflected in fantasy drafts and, you know, as we get closer, there was a report just earlier today it came out from Pro Football Talk that, you know, Jerry Jones said last night that they're preparing for Zeke to miss the first 6 weeks of the season. I mean, that's something that we have to start to reflect in our ADP, where we're drafting Ezekiel Elliott. I have a draft every single day this weekend from Friday to Monday. I have two very high-stakes NFFC drafts, pick five and six. I am not considering Ezekiel Elliott with those picks right now because he is not a football player.
0: Someone who is a football player, well, that's that's Sarah EY. He had a big draft last night or earlier this week. We'll talk about that and how ridiculous it was next. Back with you here on the BF's Frankie Stample, Greg Sussman, Eric Young here as well. And EY, the NXT Draft, which you were really looking forward to, a super flex 14-team 14 league. of 14 uh, madness was the word you kept throwing out. How was the draft? Was it madness?
3: It's uh it's definitely my favorite draft of the year. A great group of guys, uh, fourteen guys in total. Uh, only only two couldn't make it, so uh, we had everybody in attendance. Uh, we got together, uh, had a couple uh, beverages and some food, and and uh, the trash talking is <laughs> an unrivaled in an unrivaled state. And it, uh, it's super competitive, uh, it's for a decent amount of money, but it's the one I looking forward to the most, mostly because of the live draft. I right. mean, you guys know, like nothing can beat that doing, uh, doing the draft live, but doing it with a bunch of guys that you work with and a bunch of guys that you're really close with and friends with, uh, and guys that are hyper, hyper competitive. It's, uh, it's really fun, but look at, I mean, we all know that there in every league. There's gotta be some people that I refer to as donators.
1: The mouse in the house. That's right. That's Who's right. the mouse in the house, Greggy? Well,
0: and why you have to ask you why?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It seems like there might be a few mice in the house, Greggy.
0: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't really run. No, it doesn't doesn't do it.
1: Yeah, but I, I had to, you know, make it sound accurate. Right. I had to go with the cor- correct. Correct. Uh, you could say like multiple mouse in the house. I guess. Multiple mouse. Yeah, it
0: doesn't. It yeah. Continue, Greg. That wasn't really for me. Basically, there's a couple of donators, as EY likes to say. And when EY said this the draft, he's like, literally, look at this team. And we're going to hope to get this guy on because I don't want to bash him without getting him on to defend himself but i do throwing him.
3: around with an idea with them all yesterday and a bunch of the guys are really interested so if it's something that we want to do it'd be cool to to bring it on uh maybe guys that i play that week or or some yeah. of them are, are some of the guys are super super knowledgeable about fantasy football that's awesome it's, uh, they're big time into it like i, I think kendrick did a great job yep. he's not in this league right. um but but there's a bunch of guys that are really into it and, and we should have them on because Let's, they all have distinct uh, viewpoints on fantasy. Football.
0: Let's do it. So this is a super flex league, Frank, right? So you are in a super flex, which means you have the ability to start two quarterbacks. So in super flex leagues that we're in, we're, we're going to draft three quarterbacks. So when one goes on a buy, you have a quarterback and one gets injured, you have a quarterback. You don't have to worry about that. Correct. So EY, who is one of our BFFs, of course, drafted three quarterbacks, drafted your boy, Carson Wentz, drafted his boy, Mitchell Trubisky, followed up with Ventures boy, Josh Allen. He has three quarterbacks. Uh, the problem is somebody like uh, a, uh, a Steve Cutler drafted Deshaun Watson in the second round, which is fine, but, but he didn't even draft a, a second quarterback. That, that, that's an issue, Frank. Well, he's
1: going to be using Debo Samuel as his super flex, Greg, apparently. That, that's an issue. The thing uh, is-
0: <laughs> EC3 uh, drafted Jameis Winston in like the middle rounds. Fine quarterback. No problem. Middle rounds, that's cool. Didn't draft another quarterback. You are already at a disadvantage because you're going to have to play Muhammad Sanu as a flex, while EY is putting in Mitchell Drubisky. EY, to be fair, did everyone in this draft know what
1: super flex meant?
3: Um, I, they know what it, they know what it meant, and I and I did say like, look, guys, like I know some of you haven't played. You want to have quarterbacks, you know, you want to have at least two. I kept saying it during the draft, and. Uh, all right, guys just don't care. I mean, if you can sit, see uh, Steve Cutler's team, he he's a uh, he's a wild, he's a wild, wild man. Uh, last year's team was nicknamed Team Powerback, and he had like only running backs were over like two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Uh, and this year, he's calling it Team Team Spread. Uh, <laughs> he's he's got I think eight or nine wide receivers. His second running back is Richard Penny.
0: He has three so running
1: backs uh, on his roster, and his third is Jamal Williams, and the second is yeah. Rashad
0: Penny. He has one starting running back on his roster. One, yes, it's a pretty good one, one though. Starting. He's, he's a good Alvin one, Alvin Kamara. He's, he's
3: yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of the guys surprised me. There's some guys there uh, with some really, really strong teams. I don't think I would even say that my team is the strongest. My team is my team, and it's littered with my guys. That's how I draft. I, I make you know guys that I like, and I talk up on the show and, and, and with people, as I talk and talk to other people in the fantasy community, I, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Like these are the, those are the guys that I believe in. All three of those quarterbacks are guys that I'm super high on. I can't believe I have them all on my team. Um, but that whole team is, is, is guys that, that I like. And I, you know, sometimes I reach ahead, Derek Henry, uh, you know, I, whatever people make fun of me we'll, we'll see, we'll see what goes on. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a giant. I mean, you don't get all your guys because that's not possible, but but uh, that's definitely uh, an, an EY-approved team, and uh, I'm pumped to play that. Wait a minute. This wait a minute. I'm is just, awesome. So I'm just realizing
0: this. I, I called out uh, Cutler and EC3 here, but last year in the finals of this league, did you not face Dash Wilder? He was on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Dash Wilder also drafted one quarterback. And it's a yep. it's not a and great it's quarterback. it's Derek Carr. Somebody <laughs> EY that you texted us furious at yourself in Scott's fishbowl that he was your third quarterback. Yeah. What is he doing?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I I was trying to help him out. Uh, I I tried to, you know, look at, I mean, I'm competing in this league. I can win money. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force them to take quarterbacks, but I can assure you, I was telling them all that they need to have quarterbacks. I was saying, you might want to take another one. He's taking other guys at the end of the draft. I'm like, look at Joe Flacco's a starting quarterback. Right. I know, I know it, it, he's not exciting and, and I wouldn't be excited to have him on my team, but if you've only got one, you sure in the hell better have Joe Flacco on your bench. That's so you have two. the quarterbacks are going to, are going to score 15 to 25 yeah. points every week. There's not a single player in the league that's going to do that at any other position. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how good Tyreek Hill is. I don't care how good Alvin Kamara is. I don't care how good Saquon Barkley is. They're not going to score as many points as any quarterback. And they're definitely not going to score that high of points on a consistent basis. It just doesn't happen.
1: EY, I want to ask you a question about your team personally. So you start with Odell Beckham and Todd Gurley uh, at the 13 slot out of 14 teams here. Now, did it cross your mind to take James Conner first? Because he went at that turn with a 14-15 pick. Did it cross your mind to take James Conner first and then potentially get one of those elite wide receivers in the second round? Because you could have potentially still got Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Did that cross your mind to take James Conner in the first round?
3: Um, no, no, I don't have James Connor, uh, being taken in the first round. And, and I, that's, uh, I know that I'm the, an outlier in that position, but I just don't, I have a bunch of guys ahead of him. It came down to, to, uh, Gurley or Delvin cook. And the truth is I'm looking at my rankings. Todd Gurley is one above Delvin cook. And that's who I picked. Uh, that I, 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 like I said earlier, like I, when I see these things on the show, he it's because it. I truly believe them, there's a, that's I, I have Todd Gurley rated there, and that's was my next or my best top available player, and that's who I took.
1: And I appreciate that because that's exactly what I've always preached here on the show as well, Greg. You know, whatever I tell the audience here is exactly what I do. You know, start sit, uh, sit decisions throughout the, the, the season. You know, what I tell you to do is exactly what I do myself it, throughout the draft season. I have Devonte Adams as my Number wide receiver one. Receiver. Yeah. I have the fifth pick tomorrow in the NFFC. If it comes down that the first four picks are running backs. And that includes David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott is up. I just said, I'm not going to take him right now. If he, if he's not signed, I'm going to take Devonta Adams. He's my number one wide receiver. So uh, I appreciate that EY does that.
0: I do the same exact thing. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. You have to. Otherwise, it's disingenuous. We want to tell all you guys exactly what we would do. I do it all the time, obviously, for, for better or worse. Um, mostly worse. It is what it is. <laughs> So, I'm staring at um, Rick Moss's team here. Three running backs he started with, which I loved, with, with uh, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Chris Carson. Followed up with Julian Edelman and T.Y. Hilton. I like it. I mean, I like what he did here. Ends I- up with Ben
1: Roethlisberger and Brady as his quarterbacks. Okay. That's as okay. A.J. Green, but backs him up with Curtis Samuel earlier on in the season. Has... L- Larry Fitzgerald as well. I mean, this is last a, round pick. Golden Tate. That's a good team. I mean, pick fourteen here starts off with three running backs and still ends up with uh, some pretty good wide receivers. I thought.
0: I, I thought. I texted you this last night that I, I thought Riddick Moss did a really nice job in this draft. You know? Yep.
3: Yeah. He, I don't know if he remembered, he was asking me about the show and I told him where he could watch it. He could download it yeah, put it on his Roku or his PlayStation. So he may be watching right now and he's probably pumping his fists and jumping around. He's a, an enormous human being, an unbelievable athlete. And, <laughs> and one of the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Very close with this guy. Super cool guy. Uh, has all the talent in the world and is Really good at fantasy football, so yeah, me and him talk. We talk often, especially go. during the football season.
0: Definitely one of the teams I really like uh, a
1: lot. Ey, who who runs the team? JJ, because that's a very good team as well.
3: That's uh, Jason Jordan.
1: That's a very good team. Starts David yeah. Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster in a fourteen-team
0: followed lead. up carry on Johnson, Kenny Galladay, nine Tyler Lockett. It's a very good team. Jared Goff. You know,
3: he knows this. He knows this stuff too. Another great guy. Super competitive. Crazy. Amateur wrestler, yeah, they're they're all lunatics.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can see it. You can see who knows their stuff and and who doesn't. Steve Cutler, you don't. Taking a break. Virginia Zakis is up next. Join us to go over all the latest injuries. Stick around. More on the way next. Back with you here on the BFFs, Greg Sussman, Frankie Stanfall And if you want to put your money where your mouth is, take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, where you'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. It's a free bet of up to $500. When you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. And you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for detail. And with that, we welcome back into the program our buddy Virginia Zakis. What's going on, Virginia?
4: Hey, guys. How's it going? Going well. Uh, excited. We're finally a week away.
0: We are one week away, officially, Frankie. One week away before it's all the real deal. Everything matters, unlike tonight, where it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, preseason week four, I mean, there's going to be nothing going on today. Unless you want to watch uh, Danny Dimes out there, Greg. Oh, oh do I want to watch Danny That's what they're Danny calling us.
0: Last weekend, by the way, Virginia, I was in Philly. I was hanging out with Deshaun Jackson doing a little stuff for FanDuel. And then he hurt his ring finger. Not totally upset, but how long are his fantasy owners uh, going to be without Deshaun Jackson for?
4: Yeah, so so far it sounds like they think he's going to be ready to go week one. Um, this is something you can play through, but it's going to be very painful. Um, I think it's going to lead to some drop passes, maybe some ball security issues, um, a lot harder to hold onto the football when one of your fingers is fractured. he um, will have to wear some protection around that finger as well. So I do think it's going to affect his performance, but possible to play through, just very painful. Um, Normally it takes at least seven to eight weeks for a fracture like this to heal. So he might not be anywhere near 100% until um, halfway through the season. Um, So he's not surprisingly a high injury risk right now. He was already actually an elevated injury risk even before this finger injury, because he's had quite a few other injuries in the last few years, including a thumb sprain last year, foot, Achilles, ankle, shoulder, and hamstring issues. So you know He's one of those guys that often is pretty banged up. He often tries to play through it, but isn't always very successful. So I think that's going to be the case in the uh, first few weeks of the season.
1: Reggie, yeah, I don't know about you, but Deshaun Jackson hasn't really been a target of mine. I have not ranked outside my top 40 wide receivers. I, and I was talking with Gabe Morancy downstairs about this earlier. I think what Deshaun Jackson does is better for the Eagles' offense from a real-life perspective and better for Carson Wentz's fantasy value than his own fantasy value himself. Just because there's a lot of targets to go around there. There's Zach Ertz, there's Nelson Aguilar, there's Alshon Jeffrey as well. So overall, Deshaun Jackson hasn't really been a target of mine. I just think that he really, really helps Carson Wentz in order to stretch the field this season. Virginia, someone else that can help stretch the field comes from the San Francisco 49ers. It's been a very tumultuous preseason for Dante Pettis, and now he's dealing with a... Minor groin injury. Uh, what do you guys have regarding this groin injury? Is he going to be good to go for week one? It's a tasty matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary, one that I was really looking forward to.
4: So our algorithm is showing that even if this is truly a very minor groin strain, he shouldn't return until week two. Um, especially at this point in the season, it's just not playing through these you know, muscular injuries because they can be made worse so easily. It barely, it just takes one little tweak and you're out for a month. Um, he also dealt with multiple knee issues last year that included an MCL sprain. So we already had him at an elevated injury risk. Now he's high risk. His health performance factor is in that below average category. So if he does try to play, I think it's going to hurt him. Um, his cuts aren't going to be as effective. He's not going to be quite as quick. Um, it, it's just not smart. So if he can't return to practice, and be pain-free by middle of next week, he really should not play week one.
1: Virginia, why, why'd you have to go and do that to me? Why, why'd you have to go and do that to me?
3: I'm sad too, Frank. I have a mind. Oh, everything.
1: gosh. Greg saw me here in studio as soon as you said week Collapse. two. I just like slammed my head down to the table. Gosh. Uh, I know it's your I, job. It's I, fine. <laughs> it's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. She's just, she's just reporting uh, you know, what the algorithm
0: says. I appreciate it. Speaking of injuries and in players that I have, uh, that brings me to Cam Newton, who is my quarterback. And I've been very, very high on him all summer long. He hurt his foot, and I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. And now he's back at practice. all seems well. Should I be worried about Cam Newton?
4: I'm a little worried about it. Oh, no! um, I've been back at practice, but it's, you know, the team hasn't exactly said, you know, he's fully recovered, he's 100%, he's good to go. They haven't even 100% committed to him for week one. So I am concerned, um, you know, once again, he's dealing with an injury. It's always something, um, you know, still coming off of his shoulder. I don't think that's 100%, even though they said it was a relatively minor procedure, it sounded like there was some cartilage damage in his shoulder. And he previously had, um, you know, shoulder surgery two years ago as well. So, you know, he's just, it seems like it's always something, um, historically he hasn't played great when trying to play hurt. Um, if his foot is still bothering him, he really should not play week one. This is, it's early on. You really need to look throughout the rest of the season. Um, better to have him miss a couple weeks now. Let his foot get 100%. We're showing if he sits out until around week three, if this truly was just a sprain and there wasn't any you know, significant ligament tear or anything in his foot, he should be fine the rest of the season. But if he returns week one or two, he's at a very high risk of re-injury, um, and I'd be pretty concerned about him.
0: That wasn't what I wanted to hear. That was not what
1: you no. wanted to hear either, Greggy. <laughs> it's not going well for us so far here. I'll tell you what, though. Even getting that report and hearing that from Virginia, the Carolina Panthers play the Los Angeles Rams in week one, Greg. They do. Cam Newton's going to be out there. Yes, he will. Even if he's not 100%. So whether or not that's smart uh, is a a different story. But it seems like, you know, if I had to predict right now, I think he would be out there just because, uh, specifically because of the matchup going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Virginia, someone I, I just asked you about a, uh, a wide receiver that people are targeting in those middle rounds in Dante Pettis. Someone else that people have been targeting is the wide receiver for the New York Jets. That is Robbie Anderson, who is sidelined by a calf injury. So I'm going to ask you a little bit of a two-parter here uh, because I think both a calf and a groin injury are bad for wide receivers. Which one is worse when it comes to Dante Pettis dealing with yep. the groin, Robbie Anderson dealing with the calf, and should we expect Robbie Anderson to be good for for week one?
4: So for wide receivers, generally our algorithm is a little harsher on calf injuries than we are on groin injuries, but neither one is good. Um, Lower body muscular strains, you know, hamstring, thigh, calf, groin, any of those are very concerning for wide receivers. Um, The minimum optimal recovery time for these injuries is two weeks. If they're more serious strains, it can be up to, you know, maybe six weeks. Um, In Anderson's case, we're showing this as a grade one, which is a mild calf strain, but still not going to be anywhere near 100% for three weeks. If that's the case here, um, this isn't just some tightness in his calf. So this is definitely more serious. Um, the team is hoping he can be a full go by week one. Um, but they also acknowledge that this is a tricky injury and they're definitely right there. So it, you know, he needs to be careful. Um, Definitely shouldn't return to practice before next week. And if he does return before his calf is fully healed, he's risking making his calf injury worse or suffering a similar injury. Um, you know, possibly an ankle sprain aggravating the other calf or hamstring. Um, there's a lot can go wrong here if he returns too soon.
0: A lot not going right for Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis at the moment.
1: Yeah, right? Greg. You know, I'm not going to do a victory lap yet. You know, I wasn't really on Robbie Anderson this I was. year. But, you know, I have zero shares of him as of right now, and I've really been on the bandwagon recently of Jamison Crowder, someone who we've seen his ADP slowly creeping up. I feel like he's still undervalued where he's going in drafts, like a 12th round draft pick. They've been talking about him being the number one target of Sam Darnold throughout training camp as well. And, and now on top of this, if Robbie Anderson isn't good to go earlier on in the season, or if he's not 100%, or if he re-injures himself, that will lead to even higher target share for Jamison Crowder, Greg.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jamison Crowder going to get all the looks that he can handle if Robbie Anderson is not good to go starting the season. EY, I know you have a question for Virginia, and you're making it personal.
3: Yeah, hey, Virginia. Uh, really cool to work with you, uh, and I, it is personal. I'm flying, I don't know if you can see me, I'm flying the Titans flag here behind me, and I want to know about Derrick Henry. I know at one point had a walking boot on. Now, he's told... Uh, told a reporter that he would be ready to go week one, but do you have any information on that?
4: Yeah, so I've got actually slightly better news on Henry for you. Um, He has just reached his optimal recovery time for this calf injury. Um, He was, of course, originally in a walking boot. The team said it wasn't too serious, but even when teams say this, that often means a player is going to be out for multiple weeks, which is exactly what happened in his case. But um, he's reached his optimal recovery time. He's still a high injury risk because, again, these calf strains are very easily aggravated. Um, but it's looking like his health performance factor is still below average right now, but if he makes it through the next week or so without a setback, we're actually showing that he should be back at above average for week one, which means he should play pretty well. So, you know, there's still some risk here, but things are trending in the right direction for Henry.
0: It's positive news for EY. That was
1: probably the best positive news we've notes. heard all day. And of course it's for our buddy EY. Not right. for us. No, of course not. We just got Dante Pettis, you know, not playing in week I have, one. I have,
3: and, I have Pettis and Anderson pretty much on every team, so.
1: All right, so. All right, well,
0: I know that's supposed to make us feel better. It doesn't.
1: EY needed a little pick-me-up no. after, uh, after the Pettis and Robbie Anderson news.
0: Let's talk about another one of our players, Frank. That's Kenny and Drake. He's out of the walking boot. Like, things are good with Kenny. All right, let's go. Things that's are positive. Kenny and Drake, right? Virginia, he's ready for us?
4: <laughs> eh, maybe not. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) about a week ago, it sounds like he resumed jogging. So that's a positive step, um, return to practice, although not sure if he's been a full participant yet. Um, it's been around two weeks since he hurt his foot. If this was a mild injury, two weeks should be you know pretty close to fully healed but we actually were showing that this is a grade two foot injury which is more of a moderate foot injury and that comes with a four-week optimal recovery time which means a return around week two is the safe bet Um, now i'm guessing he's going to play week one but i hope that they are smart and they limit his reps Um, hopefully he gets in at least two full practices next week so he can really test out his foot and make sure he feels like he's ready to go before he plays in a game Um, but Again, trending in the right direction, but still a little concerned for him over the next week or two. All
0: right. So Kenny Drake, uh, trending in the right direction. Yeah, so
4: yay!
1: that's like a halfway, it's like glass half full, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Real quick, Virginia, I wanted to ask you about, we got a report uh, just the other day about Jarek McKinnon. We only have one minute left, but everyone's uh, getting more excited about Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida now, because it seems like. Jarek McKinnon might ultimately land on the IR. Is that something that can happen this season based on all the setbacks he's had?
4: Yeah, I think it's very realistic for, land, for him to land on IR. And I also think that um, there's a good chance he's going to have to go undergo surgery at some point because this is, I believe, his third setback um, every time he gets close to being ready to play and he's just not there yet. So there's clearly something else going on here. Um, I think this is going to be another lost season for McKinnon.
0: Virginia, when we talk to you next week, we'll be hours away from the NFL starting kicking off we're excited for it we'll talk to you then
4: no wait thanks guys
0: all right when we come back ey sticks around and frank goes into some players you want to remember to draft at the end of your keeper league drafts don't forget about these guys i'll tell you who next Back with you, BFFs. He's Frank. I'm Greg. That's EY. We're all here. we got like 14 minutes to go. So, Frank, you got a lot of drafts coming up. Any of them keeper leagues.
1: Yeah, so I have a draft each day this weekend. Three of them are redraft. Right. And one of them is my longest standing home league, keeper league, uh, super flex, half PPR, uh, pretty deep draft. It's like 20-round draft where you can keep up to two players. Uh, the player that you keep moves up one round each subsequent year that you keep them. You can only keep them for up to three years. So something that I was looking at was uh, the list of keepers for this year. I am the commissioner of this league, which is terrible. I hate being the commissioner. But overall, I'm looking at players here, and a lot of the players that are being kept... It's like a similar theme. They're all young, and they're they're stepping into a larger role. Chris Godwin is sure. being kept. Mike Williams is being kept. Tyler Lockett's being kept. Tyler Boyd is being kept. So I wanted to find players who are going later in drafts this year, Greg, where if you play in a keeper league, you can target these players late in your draft, where you know if you have to give up a round value the next year, and these are players that I can see having a bigger role for years to come. You know, they might have a role this year, but... Maybe like in year two or in year three, we expect them to really take off. It's really like finding the most talented players, Greg, and just hoping that the talent wins out eventually. Uh, So I've come up with a a list of players that I'm going to target late in my Keeper League draft. Talk to me about it. So the first one that I'm going to bring up actually had a a monster preseason week three. That is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside of the Philadelphia... I was about to say 76ers. Philadelphia Eagles goes off for eight receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown in his third preseason game. A lot of that came with Josh McCown as the quarterback here. But you know, they draft JJ Arsega Whiteside in the second round of the NFL draft, and he is a huge body. He's like six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. If you watch his highlights from when he was at Stanford, this guy's basically he's like a mini Mike Evans. He's a, he's like a clone of him. He's like poor man's Mike Evans, where you know, you get inside the red zone, he just posts people up. He out jumps them. He scores touchdowns. He's fast. You know he can stretch the field as well. I think yep. that there's a lot of like about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. The Eagles clearly liked him a lot. They drafted him as early as they did. I don't know that he's going to be able to make much of an impact in year one, Greg. Like they're probably going to have red zone packages for him, but they still have Alshon Jeffrey. They have Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar. But he is a player that I can see, you know, maybe helping out in the second half of the season or really, really coming on strong next year in year two. So he's probably one of, if not the top candidate, that I'm targeting later in my keeper drafts.
0: Ewan, how good could J.J. Arcega-Whiteside be this season?
3: I mean, landed in a great place. Uh, yeah. The My fear with these guys, I mean, obviously, in, in, you know, in the keeper league or something like that, he's a good guy to get super late. I know he went uh, late in our draft, but the the truth is, is I think Carson went Maybe Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders I have in a bunch of places, but I am worried about it. There are so many weapons there, and and there's only one football. So uh, Carson Wentz is a guy that I do believe, I strongly believe Carson Wentz could end the season as the number one quarterback this year, the number one fantasy quarterback, and, and I'm getting him everywhere I possibly can. But as far as targets, I mean, there's so many guys there, two unbelievable tight ends three or four really good receiving running backs, four or five decent receivers. Nelson Aguilar might get caught. I mean, he's he's a good player. He's a good player. And uh, it's crazy to think, but uh, I do like her second Whiteside.
0: J.J.R. Seager-Whiteside definitely has the potential, and you said it's a great landing spot. I don't know, because I don't know that he can play immediately like you said, Frank, and it's kind of something you're... It might
1: be a great landing spot long-term.
0: Totally. Very much so. is another year older. Nelson aguilar is gone. Deshaun Jackson is is You know, for those reasons that EY mentioned,
1: that's why I've devalued Alshon Jeffrey this year in drafts. I, I, I think that it's going to be a lot of, you know, spread the ball around. I still think that Zach Ertz is going to be the top target getter in this offense, but even Ertz I've devalued a little bit for the reasons EY mentioned. There's a lot of talent on this football team, but ultimately it all benefits one player. And that's the that's the player that EY hit on, and that's Carson Wentz. I have him ranked as my fifth quarterback as of now. You know, I was looking at his odds over at the FanDuel sportsbook to win the MVP, Greg because he's, I think he's one of the players I'm actually going to throw a few shekels down on. You get him at 11-1 to 1 to win the MVP. Honestly, I, I would have thought you could get better value on Carson Wentz, to be honest. But I think it's because the Eagles are, are a good team. The team yeah. They're expected to win a lot of games. So those things usually factor into the MVP discussion. The other one, I'll just throw the name out there, Deshaun Watson. His odds are thirty-four to one. Great, good bet.
0: Shouldn't that be higher? That's a good bet. It's Sean Watson. That's why, I took the, that's why I took the Texans as one of my first picks in the window. Yeah, game.
1: I, I, I like those two. Those are probably going to be the two that I throw some money down on to win the MVP. Deshaun Watson and uh, Carson Wentz.
0: So when you were we were going over this earlier, you were like, hey, like, what names can you think of? Like what names come into your mind? And yep. the first one that came into my mind uh, was Kareem Hunt. And you're like, oh man, but then you got to hold them on your team all season long. Well, it's the same thing for JJ or Whiteside, right? That's true. Like, yeah, you got to hold him on your team for the entire season. If Kareem Hunt comes back. In week, he's suspended for eight games. So I, don't, I think they have a week nine bye. So he goes back in week ten, and he's there. Maybe he doesn't do that all, all that much, but he shows enough. Some teams going to then sign him and make him a starting running back,
1: right? Like yeah. you have your mindset is right on this in, in terms of drafting him late and him having keeper value yeah. for years to come. So that would be my If He lands on another team. Like Kareem Hunt yeah.
0: makes sense to me yeah. as this answer.
1: The only thing I would say the difference between Kareem Hunt and our Sega Whiteside, while we don't expect our Sega Whiteside to have a role. I mean, he's one injury away from potentially being a starting player on the scene. Okay. Like, if Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt, if Deshaun Jackson, if Nick you know, Chubb injures this...
0: If Nick Chubb gets hurt, I'm giving you a guy that just won you your season this year and is going to win you your season But I year.
1: mean, in the first eight weeks of the season, if, a, if an Eagles wide receiver gets hurt, at least Arsega Whiteside can help you. Okay. Whereas if Nick Chubb gets hurt in the first eight weeks, it's probably going to be Dontrell Hilliard, who's getting the large majority of that work. Yep. Yep. Kareem Hunt can't help you. So that's the difference. But I, I agree with your sentiment, your logic that... You know, in a keeper league, if you can draft Kareem Hunt super late and he latches on with, like, another team, or even if he stays with the Browns next year and you get this guy in, like, anywhere from rounds 10 to 12 or something and you can keep him for years to come, I get the logic. I think that
0: makes a lot of sense. That would be my guy, Kareem Hunt. Who's the guy that you would draft later in drafts? You're a keeper league being like, hey, this guy's a good stash. Maybe i will get something out of him this year. And if not, next year he may explode.
3: Uh, it, it's tough to say because i mean there's so much information about every player nowadays i mean we're obviously we're obviously part of that um but a guy that i think you can get late in it is a guy that uh justin jackson i think even if melvin gordon i have him plays, on my list too good yep. one anyway even if yep. even if melvin gordon plays this year Justin Jackson's going to have a role in that team regardless, and if he doesn't play, I still think from where he's going, he's a better value than Eckler. Eckler is an unbelievable football player and a good fantasy football player but I don't think he's a starting running back in the NFL. And I think he proved that he showed that last year. He, he can't handle a full workload. He's just not as effective. He's better when he's coming in on third downs. He's used sparingly. He's using screens. He's used it, you know, running routes and, and, and things of that nature. Justin Jackson, didn't play much last year, but but really flashed, and I think is a better all-around ball carrier than Eckler. So that's a guy that I think could have valuable for years to come.
0: Totally agree with that. Justin Jackson, yeah. long-term in Los Angeles with this Chargers team, could be a starting running back that you're getting if Melvin Gordon doesn't resign and Austin Eckler proves ineffective. He's not costing you all that much. You're not getting him as late as JJ or saying a Whiteside or a Kareem Hunt, but Justin Jackson could pay major dividends both this year and next.
1: Yeah, and I think he has the more traditional running back body more so than an Austin Eckler. Not that Eckler can't be good, but he is a smaller running back. And is right in that the three games that we saw him start when Melvin Gordon was not healthy... Austin Eckler, yes, he got it was like 17 or 18 touches in each of those three games, and we love volume for fantasy, but his efficiency went way down. So it's just obvious that Austin Eckler is at his best when he's being used in a role where you know it's pass down roles, uh, pass down passing downs, or if it's you know as a change of pace running back. I think Austin Eckler has proved that he is better as that. Uh, but, Greg, I'm going to throw a few more names your way. I'll throw five wide receivers your way, because I have, uh, I have along with J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, I have five more young wide receivers okay. that I could see. You know, you, you target late in your keeper drafts or your dynasty drafts. Uh, they're going to go earlier in dynasty drafts, obviously. But in your keeper leagues, uh, where they can have a role for years to come. So I'm going to throw these names at you. Debo Samuel, Keyshawn Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals, Michael Gallup, Trey Quinn, and Mecole Hardman. Yeah. Those are the other five wide receivers along with J.J. Sega whiteside that I can see having a role. The one that I think is most interesting, Mecole Hardman, because we keep hearing these reports, right? They're coming out like Michael Lombardi's talking about like, oh, well, there's big wide receivers on the trade block. I was listening to a podcast earlier today on my way in, and they said it would not surprise them if Tyreek Hill were one of those names that were on the trade block. I mean, it's pure speculation, but with everything that's happened, if they trade him away, Mikko Hardman instantly becomes an amazing player for both Keeper and Dynasty League. Very
0: much so. Yeah. He. We've also heard extension rumors with Kansas City, too, so I don't know what's real and what's not. But again, with Kansas City being on the precipice last year the Super Bowl... I don't know that they're trading him away so quickly. now. Either way, Hardman has looked great in the preseason. Harman's looked fantastic. He showed a lot of talent. But out of the names you listed, the one that really stood out to me was Michael Gallup. Because of Ari Cooper, a free agent to be, coming up, uh, looking for a contract extension. We know that, we assume, they're going to pay Zeke, whether it's now or in six weeks. They're going to pay Zeke. Dak Prescott's the quarterback. Quarterbacks get paid. I don't know where that leaves, ultimately, Amari Cooper. And we've heard a lot recently in the preseason about how good Michael Gallup has looked and the connection between Dak and Gallup and how this offense is changing with uh, Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Michael Gallup's somebody who is rising up draft boards, unfortunately, but he's certainly a name late in drafts in a keeper league that I'm interested in. We did the same thing last year in Gallup. We're going to do it again. But I think he's intriguing here in year two.
1: But he's looked a lot better, right? And we we've seen this happen before where rookie wide receivers come Stop in and they wide receivers in year, were a thing. Year one that and it used to be a thing. These guys, you know, they're more familiar in the offense, they're more familiar at the the speed of the game at the NFL level in year two, and we see that kind of breakout. And Amari Cooper on top of everything. He's dealing with this Plantar fasciitis as well. So EY, any of those five wide receivers outside of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Debo Samuel, Keyshawn Johnson. Michael Gallup, Trey Quinn, Nicole Hardman. You know, if you play in a keeper league where you can keep one of these guys for for years to come uh, at their draft cost that you get them this season, which one of those guys do you like the most?
3: Um, Debo Samuel is super interesting to me. Um, not a not a big guy, like five eleven, I think, um, but. Dante Pettis, uh, with this groin injury and the, the, the training camp reports of, you know, he's got to earn a spot. And I think that's mostly motivate, mostly motivational stuff. Um, and I'm sticking to that, I, and I, I showed it in my draft last night. I drafted him, and everyone thought it was way too early for him. He, he's been plummeting down draft boards, um, but I, I still have him ranked pretty high, and I, and like I said, that's causing him to be on most of my team, so hoping that I'm right. But Debo Samuel is super interesting, uh, super athletic, and in that offense with how accurate uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can be could be a really good grab where he's going.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo is going to find himself a favorite target. I've said a lot this week, and to you, off-air, on-air, Marquise Goodwin, underappreciated, underrated this uh, draft season. Debo Samuel, maybe this year's Dante Pettis, someone that really comes on and has a connection here with Jimmy G. We're going to see when it comes to Debo Samuel. I know he's someone that's rising up in your draft for it, not just for keeper purposes.
1: True story for Marquise Goodwin, Greg. As Virginia was delivering the report uh, Dante on Dante Pettis, I went to the pit League to see if Marquise Goodwin was owned. He is already owned. I think it's by Alex Fasano as well. So, ah, Alex Fasano. Selah Marquis Goodwin away from us. Uh, if anything happens to Dante Pettis. I'll throw a few other names out there that I have on this list. They're, they're pretty obvious Look at this pit league team. It is not good. Shh, shh, shh. We'll make it work, Greg. Uh, Darwin Thompson. I mean, he's someone that's rising up everyone's draft boards right now, and rightfully so. Looks like he's going to be the second RB on the depth chart for the league's best offense in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, And, you know, if anything happens to Damian Williams, I mean, maybe Darwin Thompson turns out to be the starter for years to come. Uh, So in keeper leagues and redraft leagues, obviously we're looking at Darwin Thompson, Tony Pollard. uh, Kevin Singletary. I threw Justice Hill out there too, Greg, because...
0: Yeah, I think he's rising too high, man.
1: Davis Maddock actually wrote a really, really good article about him, an interesting article on rotoexperts.com regarding Justice Hill, about, yes, we're always trying to find, you know, the next this player, the next this player, but he likened Justice Hill's talent level to an Alvin Kamara, that it wouldn't surprise him if you know that Mark Ingram and Justice Hill can become the Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, but of the Baltimore Ravens. So those are just a few names to pay attention to in keeper
0: leagues. We will see tomorrow what's going on the show, Frank. Uh, tomorrow
1: is going to be our, our final prep before draft week, and it's going to be myself, Eric Young. I assume Ey, you're here tomorrow, sir. We'll have Ey on Skype. I'll have Matt Modica in studio. So. After the show, me and Matt are heading out to do some uh, high-stakes drafts, Greg.
0: I'm off to Chicago one last time. I got a draft next week. We'll prep you for it. He's Frank. He's Eric. I'm Greg. We'll do it all tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.
2: So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs.
3: Andrew Luck is not a football player. Victory lap episode.
0: So truly, and I want to start the show. I apologize, Frank. Hello, how are you? But I'm doing great. EY, this is your first show since last Saturday night, where it became real and true. And I got a text from a buddy. So my immediate reaction was, I have to text. Eric Young before he text anybody. And I immediately I was like, Andrew, I think my exact quote was Andrew Luck is truly not a football player. And you're you're little I think you responded like holy blank. And I was just like, Yeah, and you're like, not this way, man. This is not how it's supposed to happen. But it's yeah, true. Definitely
2: not. Andrew yeah,
0: I mean, Luck is not a football player, you Why? Know?
3: Not what I wanted. Uh, I I love watching Andrew Luck play football. But look, I'm happy that he feels that he's in a position where he can make this decision for himself. And people that are booing him and saying that he's a coward, I mean, those people should be put down. Like, to be honest, it's, it's insane and insulting as a human being that other people can think that way. Uh, he's made his money and he's good with ending his career where he's at. And it's his decision in the end. It has nothing to do with your stupid fantasy football team or any of your best ball drafts or any of your season tickets that you bought. If you're the Colts, uh, you're, you're supposed to be cheering for the team, not for a single player. Um, so it, it, it's sickening. But. uh, Glad that Andrew Luck can step away and under his, you know, with his own choice. Um, But look, if we're, we're, we're talking fantasy football, this is the fantasy football best friends forever show. And listen to me. I told you guys that you can't take this man. He is not a football player. Start listening to us or suffer the
0: consequences. I'm going to listen to us. That. that was a great promo. That was that- like the closest to a wrestling promo we've ever got from EY on the show. That was incredible. That was great. If we don't make that like <laughs> in the in like the open of the show, I don't know what we're doing. The problem is I was clapping because I was so excited. Yeah, we had to ruin listen, the moment, Greg. That was awesome.
3: We're right sometimes. We're wrong sometimes. But look, at—like I, I was saying this, and in, in, I've said this with a bunch of situations. You can't listen to any NFL team for what they're telling you. They're, they're not in the business of telling you the truth or showing their hand. This has been the worst preseason in memory. The, every offense is vanilla. Most of the teams aren't even playing any of their starters at all, not even in the third week. So the, the truth is, is the Colts have done this before they did it with Payton. They did it with Andrew Luck two years ago, then they are doing it again. And everyone's telling me, Oh, he's going to play. He'll be there week one. It's just a strain. It's just that the man hadn't thrown a football in real practice since May. That, that, that should be telling you all you need to know.